Sabres Live is presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. Ripping with anxiety, tension. We're this close to the first arbitration case of the summer. Phil Kurashev is up tomorrow. Will it happen? Will we actually see arbitration cases unfold, Marty Baron? I know Kurashev's not the biggest name, but if the trend begins, might we see Samsonov, Dunn, Frederick, Gustafson, Swayman, Terry. Imagine if they all went to arbitration. I don't think it's going to happen, but. I don't think it's going to happen. Now, I haven't seen any numbers from both teams, but one player that I saw the numbers out, what the team is offering and what he wants is Ilya Samsonov of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Mm. And the Maple Leafs are offering $2.9 million. That's a raise. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's a raise. But the guy was the number one goaltender, was pretty good this year. Like, he had a decent year. Mm-hmm. And, like, I, I get the whole thing. Like you're going to arbitration. So you're going to lowball your offer and your numbers. And the player may go a little over. Well, the player went, it's actually 2.4 million that the team went to. And 4.9 is what the player wants. Like, come on now. Like, do we have to split? Like we can't even split it down the middle. Like, Well, they will. It, well, that, that that wouldn't be fair. That wouldn't be fair to Ilya Samsonov to get three point six five million. Why he was unwanted by the league a year ago? But he his okay. He has arbitration rights, so yeah. he he should be, in my opinion, a four and a half million dollar goaltender. Well, what's your buddy Finchie say? Well, I'm and by have... the way, welcome to Sabers Live here on WGR and MSG. It's Wednesday. That we're trying to confirm. Because that means we got two more days this week it is to try to day. navigate what's not happening in the NHL right now. But uh, the good news is there's some spectacular birthdays to dive into a little Okay, later well, on. let me just tell you what James Finch or AFP Analytics is saying when it comes to Ilya Samsonov. He says four years at $5 million is See? the projection. You and him are buddies. Well, I, I gave, I, I took 500,000 less. I said, even if it's just a one year at four and a half, right? Like, come on, do it. The Leafs are so stubborn with their William Nylander situation that that's holding up the whole thing. Trade him, get rid no, of that the situation money. situation is they're good. They should keep him. They should try to win with the core four. Who are you going to have played between the pipes? Uh, some guy nicknamed Brick Wall. Uh, well, yeah, the Zamboni driver. You're going to bring no. back a Zamboni driver? Joseph Wall. Joseph Wall. Joseph Wall. Matt had, Murray, man. Oh, again, like they're in a bit of a pickle here with the Matt Murray situation. And they're running, they're, they're, they need to buy him out. But anyway, uh, I feel like the Leafs are really, really putting themselves in a bad position. I understand Cal Dubas laughed. And but Brad Trillivan came in and did not change anything that was already there. And now they have to go to arbitration with their number one netminder, Ilya Samsonov, who the team is offering 2.4 and he wants 4.9. Like, this is not nine. Huh? I thought you said 2.9. Sorry, I made a mistake. It's 2.4 and he wants 4.9. I flipped the. the Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, but this is not going to settle before arbitration. And they're going to be. Because it's not going to be settling before arbitration. The team's coming at 2.4 million. 
you realize this is the norm, right? Like there's always this kind of gap. I hate hockey arbitration because of that. The baseball arbitration is the arbitrator has to pick between right. the team's number or the player's number. So in that yeah. case, you, you plead your case all day. And then the arbitration says, it's easy. I'm not giving Ilya Semsonov 2.4. So I'm going to give him 4.9, right? That right. would be easy. Yeah. Yeah. But that's why I feel like they should go to that. So, so it's more realistic. This is mm-hmm. so unrealistic to think that Ilya Samsonov could be making 2.4 million. Well, here's hoping for Kurashev that, uh, you know, they find some new school numbers because old school plus minus isn't great. Obviously, he's on a terrible team. He makes less than a million dollars. Like, who really cares? But Samsonov could happen tomorrow. All due respect to Kurashev. Dunn is the big one for me. Yes. Vince Dunn would happen on Monday. Brett Howden would also be on Monday. And then you got some ones further down the line that are of interest to me. Like imagine if Trent Frederick had not filed for arbitration. He would probably be the guy that we should be talking about as subject to an offer sheet. Yes. They're like, because I won't, u- I won't use sheet. that word. I won't use that word that we banned a while ago on the show. But he's pretty unique, right? And guess what? He's a guy from the program. <laughs> oh, His history yeah. is the program. It's Wisconsin. It's like right in Buffalo's wheel. A lot of teams wheelhouse. You'd always been in the league a few years. He's fought 16 times. Came close to 20 goals last year. He's only making a million right now. So the Bruins are going to have to pay him. I think he's, what does Finch have for the projection on Frederick? I would assume that he's going to come in at close to three. And I I think if the Bruins are smart here and avoid the arbitration, they're going to sign him to term as well. They should. They should sign him to Trent Frederick three years at 2.2 a year. Yeah. So I think because of the marketplace and with buying out some years, I think you easily get him to three. And I think you do at least five. If the Bruins are smart, in my opinion. I don't even so, think you have to give him $3 million. I think he would take $2.5 million over five years. I think it's a player mm. that's a depth player that, yes, yeah, can, I agree. can play elevated. You say, hey, we'll give you security. We'll give you term. We'll give you five years. We're the Boston Bruins, and we're a team that uh, we're tight with the cap, and we may want to add a couple of pieces. You want to be on a winning team? You want to have a role? You want to make money for five years? There you go. Two and a half, five years. I think that makes it happen. Now, here's the other thing. When we talk about the arbitration um, coming up here, mm-hmm. if a player gets over $4.54 million awarded, mm-hmm. the team can walk away. Anything under $4.54 million, the team cannot walk away. Oh, so, so that's what the Leafs will do with Samsonov. So can you imagine if Samsonov... Gets if Samsonov gets 4.7, they can walk away. But I want I want Samsonov to get 4.5, like forty thousand dollars under the walkaway limit. So the Leafs are stuck with that contract, and then they have to figure out Matt Murray. They have to figure out yeah. Nylander. They have to figure out something. They would also be happy with 4.5 on the button. I'm quite sure. This is just a game. You're you're you're. Yes. It's the game you play, right? Now, so. The Frederick case is interesting simply because the Bruins, as we know, are tight against it. Yes. And the awards, if they go through arbitration, to Swayman and Frederick are going to take them right up to the cap. 
then there's still the lingering question of presumably yes yes but the lingering questions of then bergeron and krejci and whatever else remain yeah interesting and probably not surprising and and like well no but you know what though no no hang on i haven't finished my thought you don't even know what i'm saying oh (laughs) what's interesting is the dom at the athletic today had his rankings of the most improved teams Mm -hmm. and Boston was 32nd. They were the least improved. Now that kind of makes sense after a record setting season and you know, the, the disappointment, but here's the thing in the bottom eight in Dom's rankings, five of them from the Atlantic division, Buffalo, Tampa, Philly was also in there. Then Toronto, Florida, Boston going 30, 31 and 32. Yeah. So Buffalo was the best of the worst in that uh, in that group because that they were group, yes, they and were also in the right? top five, some of the most improved he had, mind you, for a second straight year, Detroit, Pittsburgh, and New Jersey. Detroit's so, not there. Detroit well, is not. They've there. improved. I mean, how could I mean? I think they they had to have improved a little bit. I mean, you added, added Alex Debrinket. Well, no, you better, added Alex yeah. Debrinket. Nobody else did that. No, I so, get that, but the rest of it to me is not is not spectacular with Detroit. I'm not worried about Detroit. Um, but you're right. Like you look at the Boston Bruins. Ah, oh, they brought in uh, James Van Riemsdyk. Woo! They brought in Milan Lucic. Woo! Like it's like, what are you like? I get it. I get it. You're tight you with the cap. I don't. No, I'm just saying you're tight with the cap, so you're gonna give them a million dollar to bring a veteran presence and fill in a role or whatnot, and and maybe have Lucic night on December the third or whatever, so that the fans can celebrate Milan Lucic because. He's been good in Boston. Okay, great, right? There's a million bucks. But the Boston Bruins could lose Bergeron, could lose Krejci, could lose – they lost already Orlov. Like they, and Bertuzzi. Con- and Bertuzzi and Connor Clifton. And there, there's a lot of play- players that they've lost. Mm-hmm. They should be 32nd when it comes to not winning the offseason. Correct. And you also went there last week saying that they might be the one surprise team that somehow misses the playoffs. I actually think that there's three teams in the Atlantic right there, Boston, Florida, Tampa. Those are the three teams that are primed to fall off. Yes. And obviously Boston's going to fall off. They're not going to replicate last year's regular season, but I don't love their roster (laughs) right now when you look at it. And to me, the JVR and Lucic signings are just merely an indictment of how poor their prospect pool has been for a long time. Like, seriously, give me a 22-year-old instead of those two players. Yeah. This makes no sense to me. But anyway, that's good. You know what? Those we'll guys tend to do that. And uh, it's not the same situation when you talk about the Buffalo Sabres, but it's it very mirrors the the Oposo and Gergensen's return, right? It, mm-hmm. But the difference is that those two are already in the locker room. Those two have a value to the team. Those yeah. two know the coaching staff. They know the players. They communicate. Like, you know what you're getting. So, but I still don't think that Kyle or and or Zemgus are 82 games a season type players. So mm-hmm. you bring them for something else. I look, Milan Lucic hasn't been in Boston in how many years? How do you value, say, oh, he's going to be great in the locker room? You have no idea. He doesn't know the young guys. He doesn't know the coaching staff. He hasn't been around. Like, you don't know. GVR is the same thing. So, for me, that's the difference. If people say, yeah, well, the Sabres are doing the same thing. No, they're not doing the same thing because they're not bringing in somebody that 
was was here years ago. They're keeping the players that were here that have an impact here right now. I know, but technically they're kind of doing it with Eric Johnson. So I get what people are saying. Like JVR never played in Boston before. So it's the same kind of thing. Yeah, but you know Boston what I mean? could use that million dollar for somebody else. The Sabres <laughs> it's don't. almost as low as you can go. Like, I mean. <laughs> I know, but they could. Well, yeah. But they could throw it to a 20-some-year-old. Uh, like you no. said, the Sabres already have 21 and okay. 22 and 23-year-olds on the blue line. You don't want to eight of them. You you want a little maturity, a little experience there. Maybe. Some some people are more mature at 20 than 35. But anyway. Today's I can tell you the, this, the theme of today's I show. Definitely not. I can guarantee you, I I'm more mature now than I was back then. I'm still very immature, but I am way more mature now than I was at 20. The theme for today's show, if you haven't noticed already, is an exercise in futility. Build your free agent lists among those remaining. And let me tell you, I suggested internally, hey. Why don't we just have in our back pocket in case yeah. we need to talk about it, like our top five remaining UFAs and our top five RFAs. Well, Marty, I'm here to tell you that I didn't get through three on either. And so my lists ended abruptly. <laughs> so I I'm going to seven on each. So I'm we're gonna, the opposite. <laughs> I have seven UFA and seven RFAs. Not that your, I love your all honor. Of them, but... Marty has the floor. Okay. Well, what do you want me to start with, UFAs and RFAs? <laughs> well, I think our tweet from at Sabres Live started with UFAs. And and those are obviously the more realistic options. They don't cost any extra compensation other than the salary. But boy, oh boy, I am with bated breath <laughs> waiting on your list here because I I did not enjoy this process. I, I Well, I'm not enjoying the process either because I don't think that's <laughs> going to happen. But the number one guy on my list would be Matt Dumba. UFA defenseman really? Matt Dumbo would be number one on my list. Still 28 years old, still has a lot to offer, in my opinion. Not going to make the $6 million that he was making in the previous years, but um, Matt Dumbo would still be number one on my list. Really? Yeah. You're not. Did you have it on your list of three? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> and like, let the record state, I didn't even, like, the reason I quit was because I didn't like any of the three. So I just stopped. I'm like, I'm not doing this. Oh, okay. Pencils down. Okay, so <laughs> you didn't have. Over. Okay, so we'll we'll keep going through my players. Yes, that's what I would. We yeah. find one of yours. Uh, number two on my list. Oh, this one. Okay, I've got him number two. I have Thomas Tatar number two on my list. Okay. Um, you know, he's a forward, so. Could you add another Ford because of the injury to Jack Quinn or whatnot? Maybe you could, but Thomas yeah. Tatar would be number two on my list. Oh, what an opening statement. He is a forward. He is a forward. Okay, let me let me do some spinning for you. the Department of Player Safety, that is cross-checking. <laughs> <laughs> Thomas Tatar is a seven-time 20-goal scorer, and he had one season of 19. He's 32 years old. He was playing for one of the best numbers teams in the NHL yes. last year in the Devils, who made a dramatic improvement. Yes. Interesting, on the heels of our discussion yesterday about Victor Olofsson, based on the fact that, and we were not trying to skew, we were merely trying to paint a wider picture of Victor than what often gets 
portrayed. And you drew some small parallels to Jeff Skinner in how Victor could be a more consistent and impactful player after that window of time where Jeff certainly wasn't here in Buffalo either. Well, from an old school measure, it is interesting to know that Tatar, when the team improved from its abyss, went from a minus 22 to a plus 41. Okay. That, like, regardless of what you feel about the statistic, that is, I'm going to say that's probably the biggest improvement there was individually. That big of a jump is, is significant. Yes. So, I don't know. I, I've kind of been like, eh, on Tatar most of his career, probably because I was often surprised how easily it was that he would become scratched in the playoffs at the most critical times. And his playoff numbers don't quite mirror what he's been able to do in regular seasons, but that's kind of irrelevant at this point. Um, But yeah, I guess I could, I could put Tatar on my list. He technically wasn't. I had him written down, but he was not in in my list. But I don't okay. really have a list. So he wasn't on your list. Okay. So number three. But we did on... get a tweet about him, though. We did get a tweet about it. It was somebody said Thomas Tatar. He'd be a great veteran two way player to add on a short term deal. That was from Steve. Steve. Steve so what do you think? Uh, number one, two, four. I think I don't. I don't think that's his phone number. But uh, you know, we could try it later. Uh, but Steve, yes, yeah, Steve had Thomas Tatar. Okay, number three on my list is Pew Suter. Pius Suter, who um, was in Detroit. That's how you say his name, right? Yeah, Pius. Pius? Yeah. Okay, Pius Suter. Um, I, I always liked him. Look, it, it, there's a reason he was making over $3 million, because he was he was performing well, and then they didn't cue him because it was they felt like it was too much money, and then if he went to arbitration, could probably get about three and a half to four million dollars and they can't walk away from it so they just uh-huh. didn't want to spend the money there but i think this is a a young player 27 years old still younger player that could fit in the group in buffalo so again i he was number three on my list really what were his numbers last year oh i'd have to go and pull him up <laughs> well that's why i'm asking okay. have you ever felt 19 minutes into a show that you're feeling guilty about your performance <laughs> No, not at all. It's the I'm, fact we're talking about Pew Suter and Thomas Tatar right now on July 19th has me feeling a little sheepish. 14 goals, 10 assists, 24 points with the Detroit wow. Red Wings. Good grief. He had 15 goals the year before. We already first... have Zemgus Gergensen's. It's fine. Okay, I get that, but I'm, I'm putting a list. I mean, I I'm not I saying I want him. I'm saying I, he's three on my did, list. Did, did we not use the word realistic before this show started? Yes, it is realistic. Okay, it's realistic that he's number three on the UFA list because there's not a oh. lot on the list. Okay, sorry, my misunderstanding. Okay. Please continue. Number four, I have Denton Heinen. Oh. Again, I'm, I'm looking at like realistic, like, Okay, I could put Tarasenko on this list. I don't want Tarasenko. I don't I, even think he's worth it. So he's not on my list. But I have, I'm looking at the UFA's left. And I'm like, uh-huh. okay, Den Heinen, um, you know, 28 years old, made a million bucks. Well, maybe he's going to just make a million bucks again. But uh-huh. if you're in need of somebody, if it's training camp, you have a few injuries, and you're in need of somebody that's a UFA, okay, then I'll look at him. 
Right. I just can't imagine a scenario based on Buffalo's prospect pool and available AHL veterans, if you will, in the form of Weisbach, et cetera. Numbers of players that they have in Rochester that yeah. need to like call Like, that's why I just can't visualize. No, I'm not actually like, you know, Heinen, Heinen has had some moments where, you know, he, he can be, I think, a, 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 an effective player for sure. Uh, did you have one more or was that it? I have one more. And that would be... And you're going to laugh, so don't laugh at this one, but I think that would be more of a reclamation project and somebody that is young enough now at 24 that you could still build for a few years, and that's Max Comtois. So oh, Max Comtois he was the only one be, on my list. He's the only one on your list? Well, I mean, my list had Kane, Tarasenko, and Comtois, and then I stopped because I really didn't want either of the three. <laughs> but, um, and, and and you know, Comtois, obviously, this is there are a lot of layers to to this obviously yes. um yeah i mean people know like hockey canada is still under investigation well the group of players that played for the 2018 yeah. you know world junior team for hockey canada still under investigation for an incident in london and this has been written about a lot and and obviously not much can be said beyond you know, under investigation at this point in time. But if you go and you look at that 2018 list, like there are a lot of players right now that are a bit, at a bit of a crossroads in their careers. Yes. yes. Like now I can't say to an unusual level compared to other world junior teams, because the, you know, part of the world junior experiences is teams can be really good and not produce a bunch of household name NHLers. And then some years, you're all star laden and you don't win it all. Yeah, but yeah. I think if you if you're objectively looking at that 2018 Canadian team, there are a lot of players where you're unsure what the next step is going to be, what city they're going to continue playing in. Mm -hmm. So Comtois, we knew this for a long time because Anaheim made it known that he was not going to be tendered his qualifying offer. Yes. So he was going to become unrestricted at a very young age. And here we are deep into July, and there really hasn't been a lot said about him. So, so when so Max Contois signed his last contract after the 21, uh, 2021 season, the 56-game season, where he had 33.16 of those goals in 55 games, yes. he signed a bridge, a two-year bridge at just over $2 million a year, mm -hmm. thinking, I'm, I was looking at this as like, this is value for Anaheim. Guy's going to get 20, 25, maybe 30 goals at $2 million. Mm -hmm. And he went the other way. So, but there was injuries in, in, in all of that. And obviously it could be a reclamation project if you want to go that way. Yeah. So there's our crossover name. Um, but again, it's not with, uh, you know, any huge desire or maybe reality check, because again, you do look at it from like, what do you have in the pipeline here already? And based on the words of the general manager, like how committed are you to just continuing your own internal development? And that's that's not to say they're never looking outside of their organization. Obviously, they are. They're, they're not going to turn a blind eye to somebody just because he doesn't have a connection to the program or to somebody in the organization or can't be of value. Um, but I but think I a lot of think that I'm making a list because I'm like, I, I don't think the Sabres would go after any UFAs or RFAs, but I'm mm -hmm. making a list. Like, who do I like more? 
Like if I have to list, like Kane yeah. and Tarasenko were not on my list because I'm like, I don't want those guys, right? Like if I'm a GM, I'm not going that route. And if I'm Buffalo, I'm definitely not going that route right now. Well, you're still a little bit of a pro Tarasenko guy based on comments that we've had on air before. I don't yeah. know where you stand on Pat Kane, who at one time I think you felt might be, uh, or you might have expected him to actually become a Saber yes, in this coming season. Yes, I did. And I thought that, uh, you know, when people were talking about at the deadline last year, I'm like, no, that'd be more of a summertime thing. Now the surgery and the injury and the recovery and the rehab, mm -hmm. uh, that comes into play. Uh, look, you can hear or read all the comments from his agents saying he's going to be even better than before. Um, but that's yet to be seen. So mm -hmm. I, I don't think at this moment I would put him on my list because I have other options that I would like to use before Patrick Kane. But, but if we're in August and September and all of a sudden you're looking at, you know, the way things are shaping up, um, what what you like out of your group, you're in training camp, maybe it's in November, maybe it's in December, these things open up. Uh, we have the exercise in futility continuing after the break. Might it get better if the discussion turns to restricted free agents? Um, I think so. But again... Boy, your glass is half full today. Your <laughs> glass is half full. Now... Mine is overflowing. Ours collectively is overflowing Ooh. when you think of the return of hockey in the fall, i.e. the prospects challenge. Yes, It's out there. The schedule is out there. It's the 2023 challenge involving six teams, Sabres, Bruins, Habs, Devil Sends, Pens, and tickets will go on sale in August. Sabres season ticket members will have priority on that. Prospects Challenge will take place the same weekend as Sabres Fan Fest. So come down to Alumni Plaza on September 16th and enjoy that day. Of course, all the details at sabres.com. We continue with Sabres Live, hopefully parking the UFA discussion for the entirety, the duration of July, uh, and maybe the six weeks beyond that. Um, but we will dive into RFAs, and I'm ready to make someone an offer sheet. That's next on WGR. Sports Radio 550 and MSG.